morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand with us this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your invitation. I will feast at the table of the Lord. We got to start that over again. Because sometimes, well listen, this is, this is December the 4th and this is my second mistake of the year. Will you guys be okay with that? I mean, for anybody who's keeping track, and I know there's at least one person in this room that keeps track of my mistakes because that keeps me humble, but, uh, and there may be more, but we welcome you today, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? We're going to start this over again. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's better. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at His table. Sing that again. I will feast. I will feast at the table.
Thank you, God, that you invite us to your table. It is an invitation that he has given to us all. In the Old Testament, you may or may not have ever read the story of Mephibosheth. Anybody ever heard the name Mephibosheth? He was related to King David, or he was related to Solomon. And Solomon promised that, uh, that his friend Jonathan, as long as he or anybody in his family was living that he would be kind. He would show kindness to them. Now, Mephibosheth was, uh, and this is not a joke. We, all, we, we sometimes joke about people who were dropped as a baby. But, this, but Mephibosheth had an accident when he, was a, when he was young, and he was left paralyzed from the waist down. And so to show his kindness, he invited him to come and sit at the table with all the rest of the people who were invited to come to that table. And you know what's an interesting thing about that is when Mephibosheth, now he was older now, he was an adult, but when he sat down at that table and put his legs under the table, and, you know, when you sit down, there's a nice tablecloth, and you can put your legs up under the table, and guess what? All of our differences and our infirmities and our handicaps, they all just kind of disappear because we've all been invited to the table of the Lord to partake with him equally. There's nobody that has a more prominent place at the table than anyone else. God has invited all of us to come and eat with him at his table. And so, God, we thank you for that invitation. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for moving already in our midst today. A few weeks ago, we began to learn a song uh, coming from Psalm 89 where it says, God tells us over and over again that if we would just listen to his words, that this psalm says that... We would be fed with the finest of wheat, and with honey from the rock, he would satisfy us. Let's worship him today. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need you got. Thirsty 
to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. As we move more and more into the Christmas season, we love to sing songs about that remind us about the birth of Jesus and about God's gift to us. Isaiah chapter 9 is one of my favorite places to camp out when, it, when we talk about prophecies of Jesus being born. And these words were written 400 years before the birth of Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 3, this is talking about us. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name will be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and His kingdom, there will be no For whatever we need today, or whatever we need at any point in our life, there is a name. Jesus has a name that fits that circumstance. We're going to sing a new song for you this morning. It's pretty simple to to pick up on. But it just talks about the names of God and how powerful they are. We thank you, Lord, for your name. I will trust your timing, I will 
just take a minute and just kind of sense the impact of what we've just sung. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. You are here with me. I have the same kind of sense the Holy Spirit has given me this morning that we had last night and the six o'clock service that especially that second verse that was saying you are the truest friend staying through the night when I was at my end comforting my heart till it was light again oh this is a faithful kind of love About six or seven years ago, I went through one of the darkest times in my entire life. And I won't tell you that I wanted to end it all because I've never been in that and I don't know what that's like. But I didn't want to be in ministry anymore. I didn't want to be around people anymore. I didn't want to deal with people anymore just because of some things that I had been through that life had taken me through. And I just wanted to... You know, I will tell some of you that that know me may may think I'm outgoing and may think I'm an extrovert, but but I would rather stand up here in front of a thousand people and sing than sit across a table from one person I don't know and try to have meaningful conversation because that scares me to death. But people, that's what God has given me to do for my entire career, and I didn't want to do it anymore. I just didn't. But I had people in my life, and we talk about this in this room from time to time, about how your story impacts someone else. Somebody else's story was that second verse that we sang. The truest friend, staying through the night. That second verse, that's part of my testimony. That's part of my story. Because somebody did that for me, who was close to me, who was a part of my life. And that's what we can be for other people because that's what Jesus is for us. Someone who we can always count on to bring us through the situations in life that we encounter. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Emmanuel, God with us, you're here with me. Wonderful counselor. The government is resting on your shoulders. So today, Father, we pray that you would help us to feel the impact of those words, especially that second verse. And I don't know, maybe there's someone else either watching us online or here in this room today that has that sense that that's where they are in their lives at this moment. And so, God, I pray that you would put people in their path to encourage them. And, Lord, today, as we consider all the things that you've done for us, Lord, let us also consider how we might be that story for someone else because of what you've been for us and what you brought us through. So, God, we ask you today by your Holy Spirit to continue to move in this room. We pray in a few moments for Pastor Roger as he comes to bring the message that our hearts would be open to receive from you. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of worshiping you in song and worshiping you by listening to the word and worshiping you by fellowshipping together. And we thank you for allowing us to be able to gather today. Holy Spirit, move among us in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Our next women's ministry event is coming up next weekend. Love's True Light, Keeping Christmas in Our Hearts, is planned for Sunday, December 11th at 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. Come and experience an afternoon of fun and fellowship. Lunch will be provided. Please bring a wrapped white elephant gift to exchange. We do need you to sign up for this event. You can do that by contacting Sue Agnor at s.agnor at verizon.net, or you can sign up on your Connect card. Angel Tree is a ministry of prison fellowship and ministers to children who have a parent that is incarcerated. If you are purchasing gifts for our Angel Tree ministry, Those gifts need to be returned by next weekend. On Sunday, December 18th at 7 p.m., our Ellesmere campus will host a Christmas hymn sing. Beginning at 6 p.m., the surrounding neighborhood will be glowing with candles, lights, and decorations. Bring your family and enjoy an evening of touring the neighborhood and singing some of your favorite Christmas hymns. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. It is good to see all of you today. Thank you for worshiping with us online if you're joining us that way. And uh, we just want to say a special welcome to those who might be visiting or, or joining us for the first time today. If you're new, we want to extend a special welcome to you. When you leave the uh, sanctuary this morning on your way out to the left is a place we call Connect Central. And uh, we, can, we would love to welcome you there. We have a free gift for you. And um, if you are uh, one of our regular attenders, you can also stop by 
uh, Connect Central and find out anything about any of the ministries that are going on at Christ the Cornerstone and uh, take advantage of those things. So stop by on your way out to Connect Central, uh, formerly known as the Welcome Center. Uh, Also at your seats where you are right now or uh, whether you're watching us online, you have access to a Connect card. And we ask you to fill that out every time you worship with us just so that we know we're here. Uh, We're not trying to necessarily just keep track of you except for the fact that we miss you when you're not here. And we want to be able to follow up with you uh, when and if you're not here. So uh, whether you're online or whether you're here in the room, uh, you can fill out that Connect card. You can click on the Connect card tab or you can uh, click the uh, button in the chat window that just popped up about now. So uh, take an opportunity to do that. And once again, we just want to welcome you and thank you for worshiping with us today. To everyone here this morning, good to see you here in the room and good to have you online with us today as we uh, continue to think about the ways that we worship God as we love, serve, and engage. I want to remind you of one thing that's on the tables or on the card uh, around the ends of the, the rows, if you're sitting in a row, is this little card here says, How the Church is Led at Christ the Cornerstone. We're, we, we want you to pray and think about the people who we call and ask to be elders of our church, the people who, who are part of that team that, that guides the vision and uh, kind of sets the, if, if we use a team uh, analogy, they set the rules of play for us as a church. And uh, they, they, they let, let me be kind of the head coach of things that are happening here, but this is what our elders do for us. And, and uh, we're taking nominations for elders. This card gives you some information about what we expect of our elders, both in uh, tasks as well as in spiritual maturity and quality. So take this and pray about it. And if the Lord puts somebody on your heart, uh, please nominate them. Fill out this card and place it in the offering baskets or the the baskets that are by the doors before you leave. You can place your prayer requests, your uh, offerings, and uh, these cards, and anything else. Uh, I think you heard about the there's a there's a women's ministry event coming up, and you can also sign on your uh, Connect card that you'd like to attend that as well. Let's remember to be generous and the ways that God teaches us to use our talents, our abilities, our skills, and our resources to give to Him. You know that when you come to church, you, you come here, it's not buying a ticket like you go to, the, you go to the, the, the theater. This is part of faith. This is part of committing yourself and your resources to God. And God teaches us how to, how to give back to Him. And we have several scriptures that one we read one each week. And so the scripture that we have today, I ask you to join me in reading this scripture as we serve the Lord together. Let's read this together. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Let's see. I think that's the end of it. And uh, that's uh, we're glad. Whatever we do, whether it's uh, at, at work, at home, waking up in the morning, the way we speak to our children or to our spouses, the way we speak to our co-workers, the, the way we make decisions, do it as a representative of Jesus Christ to, to bring glory to God as we do that. Let's pray together as we prepare our hearts to hear the 
message that God has laid upon us today. Heavenly Father, we turn now as we worship You. We have prayed. We have sung together. We have heard You speak to us. We've used both sides of our brain in worshiping You. We've lifted our hands to worship You. And God, we have set time aside to gather together, whether it's to come into this room or to gather at our homes, wherever we are, God, to say thank you to you. But God, now we come to the part of worship as in every worship experience. We need to take time to listen to you. So Jesus, I ask you to be with me as I offer the words that I believe come from you and that you have for us. But Lord, don't just pray for the messenger. We pray for the receivers of the message. We ask your Holy Spirit because, because if, if, if the Word of God is truly inspired by you, the ears who hear it must also be inspired by your presence. So we ask you to wake us up. Open our ears. Open our minds. Open our hearts so that we can receive the message that you have for us today. I ask all of this and we trust this. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, we're in our series on angels. And uh, why angels Christmas? Well, you know, Christmas comes around every year. And I know every Sunday I'm here to bring a message to hopefully instruct and inspire and to guide. And, that's, you know, one of the things that kept me out of the ministry was the thought that what in the world do I have to say and to come up with something every week to, to teach people. But God provides. <laughs> God leads us. And one of the tasks that I have throughout the week and throughout the months, throughout the years, is to listen to God and say, all right, God. And, and, and to be honest, there are some Sundays when I think, okay, I have this nice, fancy little message to bring to you. But, God, what do you want to do with it? You know, to do it as a representative of Jesus, as the, the, the stewardship scripture that we just read, i got to surrender myself. And, and you have a task. I hope you realize this, that worship is not a spectator sport. You don't come here to just sit and receive. But you're actively doing something when you come to worship. You're actively coming to Sing to God, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ is lifted up, other people will be drawn unto Him. So we need to come in here and not be spectators, but to be worshipers. And whatever you do in this space during the time from when you enter the room to the time when you leave, it's all part of worship. This isn't a sermon on worship, Roger. Keep, stay focused. <laughs> so as we come as we come into the Christmas season, we, we may come and say, Oh, I know that message. I know the story of Christmas, whatever. But but in this season we're looking at the angels. We're looking at the, the people who are kinda around it. And remember last week we talked a little bit about who the angels were, so let me just give a little bit of review that, and remind you that angels Angels are not people who have passed on and become angels. That's not what the Bible teaches us. And I know that, I know that it's very comforting that when a loved person dies, it's easy for us to say, and I've heard it oftentimes, that, well, God needed another angel in heaven. And that's a great sentiment. But it's not true. 
God creates each of us as an eternal being. And I, in some sense, and I don't understand this, but when I die, I still will be Roger, conceived by, my, by Larry and Peggy. And I don't cease to exist. I think that's an amazing thought. That, that life is eternal for every one of us. And I know that every one of you, um, boy, jeez, I know that every one of you would, you, you look at me and you get to know me and you say, boy, I hope in heaven Roger's not like that. <laughs> and, and, and the truth is, I won't be because I will be perfected. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And everybody who didn't like me and everybody who was disappointed by something that I said will look at me in heaven and say, ah, there's Roger. And you know what? Vice versa. I will look at you in heaven and I say, ah, wonderful. So glad you made it. <laughs> and aren't you glad I did too? We, we, we don't become angels. Angels are separate beings. They're separate creatures that God created. And the Bible teaches us that the angels were created before humanity was created. So angels are separate creatures made by God. They're not humans who become spiritual beings. Humans are humans. We're already spiritual beings. As we are, we're in body. Angels are spiritual beings already. Angels are created by God to serve God. That's their job. They're created to serve God, but they have a choice. And angels can choose to serve God or angels can reject that task that God gives them. And they can rebel against God. Do you have a choice? You can choose to obey God or you can choose to disobey God. And in the same way, God created angels able to choose or to disobey or obey God. So, angels who rebel against God have been cast out of heaven. And they serve evil. Because why? Angels were created to serve. People will do what people are created to do. Angels are going to serve somebody, something. And so, the angels, the Bible tells us, the angel that we call Satan, who was cast down from heaven, is described as the chief of the rebellious angels. And I reminded you, and I say it again today, that the word angel simply means messenger. So when you pray for God to send an angel to somebody, you're actually praying, God, I need a message from you. But who's going to deliver that message? An angel. But the point is not that the messenger is there. You don't want somebody knocking on your door a messenger come and just stand there and stare at you. Oh, yippee, the messenger is here. What's your message? I have a message. I'm just the messenger. Well, what good is a messenger that doesn't have a message? I'm just going to stand here and look at you. So God's angels are are servants. They are the messengers. They're the bearers. They're the carriers of something greater that God wants to do in somebody's life. So last week we talked about the function of angels. One of the functions was that they are to announce. And what do they announce? They announce good news. And today we talk about the function of the angels as those who forewarn people. They bring a warning. 
Do you know what a warning looks like when you see one? We, those of us who know how to drive and, and kids, if you're watching mom and dad drive, you can test mom and dad a little bit and say, okay, let's see if mom and dad are paying attention to the warning signs that are along the road. And there are lots of warning signs as we're driving down the road. I've got some pictures of warning signs. So let's see if we can figure out what warning do these pictures give to us? Because we all receive warnings. So let's look at the first warning picture. That we've got. Okay, what does this tell us as a warning? We've seen this along the road. What's it tell us? There's a pedestrian crossing. So, so what? I remember one day I was living down in Georgia. I was going down a four-lane uh, avenue. Two lanes of traffic this way, two lanes of traffic coming this way. We, it was in front of a school, and I knew that. And there was a school bus... I was in the far right lane and there was a school bus stopped ahead of me in the left lane to the right of the yellow line. It was stopped. It had its blinker on. It was going to turn left into the school driveway. So it didn't have its red flashing lights on. So I knew that it was legal for me to pass the bus because the bus was turning left. It was waiting for other traffic coming towards it to pass so that it could turn left. So I I maintained my speed. I did not heed the warning sign. And I drove and I and I passed the bus is on my left and as soon as I get to the towards the front of the bus, I can see what the bus driver could see, but I couldn't see it because the bus was in my way. And what I saw when I got there was a crossing guard who had a stop sign and she had stopped all the traffic so that children could cross in front of me. But I couldn't see the crossing guard. And so as soon as I saw the crossing guard, I slammed on my brakes and screeched to a stop. But when my car finally stopped, my car was resting over the pedestrian pathway. Had there been a child right there, I would have hit the child. There was a child about 10 feet to my left and was headed my way. The crossing guard saw that I had stopped and it was down in Georgia. My window was down and she looked at me with great anger and she gave me an instruction back up <laughs> i put my car i had a, a, a 1976 chevy nova two door pleather south georgia no air conditioning if i had shorts on i can't remember what i was wearing i would have lifted my leg up and skin would have peeled off the I lifted my left leg because I had a, it was a three on the tree, a, a manual transmission, three on the tree, if you ever drove one of those. I put the clutch in, put it in reverse, let the clutch out, and backed up because she told me, back up. I did not heed the warning. Warnings are important. We must listen to the warnings. Are you listening to the warnings that God is giving to you? Are you paying attention? Here's another sign that we can that, that gives us a warning. Let's look at the next sign. All right, here's one. 
Look at that one. That one looks kind of fun. Would you like to be in that vehicle? What does this one tell us? Slow down. There's a curve coming. Which direction? Which is, it, is the curve going to the right or to the left? Mm, trick question. The curve is going to the right, which means by centrifugal force, there's force pulling the, pulling the vehicle to the left, and so it would fall over on its left side. Last night I looked at this and I said, no, what this really means is that as you're driving over the Susquehanna Bridge on I-95, you're liable to get blown off. Ooh, that's a scary thought. No, warning signs. Pay attention. Slow down. What's the next sign? Slippery. Slippery roadway. Might be wet, might be slick with oil, might be icy, whatever, but pay attention. It doesn't mean that the road's curvy and you're supposed to follow this pathway. It means the road might be slippery and you might find your car going this way and that way if you don't pay attention. Last one. One more. Oh, yeah. This means that Pastor Roger is someplace on his bicycle on the road that you're on, so watch out. He might run into you. (laughs) No, no, no. It means... Pay attention for people who are on the road. Warning signs are critical. We get other warning signs. How about when you wake up in the morning and your body doesn't want to get out of the bed? And your body, your, 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 your muscles are saying, oh, don't go that direction. Or your back says, oh, you know, as we get older, we get these aches and pains and they, they come to us. Even, even kids get aches and pains. We call them growing pains. And as our bodies change, there's aches and pains that come just because our bodies are changing. They're warning signs. They're telling us, hey, pay attention to me. Hey, feed me the right foods. Don't feed me the wrong foods. Or we get, we, we get a heartburn. What's that telling us? You shouldn't have had that much. <laughs> but we eat it anyway. We drink it anyway. Well, then we just take another Tums or we take the, what is it, Prolisac? Pro, I don't know, whatever that is, what these things. I probably shouldn't start naming drugs. I'll reveal too much about myself. Aches and pains warn us that we need to pay attention. Children are warned, don't touch that. Pastor Daniel and Chrissy are, are, are uh, taking some vacation. They're visiting, and their, their little son, Nolan, who's just uh, four or five months old now. I don't, can't remember how old he is. And he's crawling, and, and on Tuesdays, Chrissy will bring him to the office when she spends a few hours with us, and she sets him down. And a couple weeks ago, he came and he, he got down onto the floor. He immediately went into the hallway in the office to the electrical outlet. This, this, this white box about eye level to him on the floor and it had little black dots on it. What are those things? Because God created us to be curious and to do things. And that's good. But we have to hear the warnings. We have to hear our parents say, be careful. Don't touch that. And, and, and until a, a young child learns what the word no means, do you think a child needs to learn what the word no means? Absolutely. And it comes through repetition. Hopefully it doesn't come through pain, but sometimes there has to be a little bit of pain because sometimes that's how we learn things. That's how we remember things. 
They were talking about cats. You see the video about cats climbing up Christmas trees this time of the year? My mother-in-law was saying that, that I, I asked, did your cat used to climb up in the Christmas tree? And m- my wife said, oh yeah, Dusty used to climb the Christmas tree. But then there was that one year when she jumped into the tree, she knocked the tree over. That was the last time Dusty climbed into the Christmas tree. Because Dusty learned that when I jump into the Christmas tree, the Christmas tree attacks me. Boom. All those branches. Warnings. Let's go to a Bible. Let's go to a Bible story in Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to read about God giving somebody a warning. As Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 15 in Matthew. And this actually does have something to do with Christmas. <laughs> and the, the, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 begins Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Yeah, in Judea, we've heard that. During the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some of his some wise men from the east lands arrived in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to picture... You remember the, the, the Disney movie Aladdin? And the Broadway show and, other, and live action movies and whatever. And when Aladdin becomes that prince... Prince Ali... Can't remember the words. Make up my own. I don't remember words. I remember tunes. And he comes into... Agrabah? Is that the name of the city? Something like that? He's got his entire entourage. He's coming. He's arriving. There are trumpets that, 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 that go before him, warning the people. And I want you to picture that as these wise men come into Jerusalem. So during the time of King Herod, about that, some wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. They asked King Herod. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard us. He didn't know there was a king that was born. I'm the king. If there's going to be a king born, don't, wouldn't you think I would know it? So he was deeply disturbed. There's a king that was born. I don't know anything about this. There's no other king but me. And everyone else in Jerusalem was also disturbed by when these men showed up. So Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Where's the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are not the least among the cities, the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the, first, when the star first appeared. He told them to go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. When you find him, bring him back and tell me so that I can worship him too. Wink, wink. I'm really going to kill him because I'm the king. So after the interview, the wise men went on their way to Bethlehem, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem, and it went on ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary, and bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chest. You wonder, well, why did they need an entourage? I thought they was just, it was just a king and a camel and a, and a little bag. No, they brought treasure chests for Jesus. They had guards, swords, spears, 
They had food. They traveled a long way. They had a whole bunch of people. It was obvious when they got to Jerusalem. It was obvious when they got to Bethlehem. So they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another way. Why? Because God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. And after the wise men were gone, then an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, Jesus' daddy, and told him, get up, you're in danger, go to Egypt, take the child and his mother, and stay there until I come and tell you it's okay to come back, because Herod is going to search for this child in order to kill him. Mm, bad Herod. That night Joseph left for Egypt. He got up and he did as the angel instructed him to do. Because he knew that the angel was not the point. The message was the point. The angel is only the messenger. And they stayed in Egypt until Herod died. And this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken to the prophet who said, I called my son out of Egypt. God fulfills His Word. God sends angels among us because we are in danger and we need to change something. God sends angels to us in in order to preserve our lives. God sends angels to us to protect us because Something is threatening our lives. God sends angels and messengers to us because we need to make some kind of correction in our behavior. Just like little Nolan was, was headed for the, light, for the uh, uh, electrical outlet. Now, because I was two feet from him, I followed him. Because his curiosity is going to remain. And so I walked. Christy was around the corner. She didn't see me do this. She was trusting her child with me. I don't know if you guys are listening. Hey. (laughs) She was trusting her child with me. And I was there to watch to make sure he didn't. But I did want Nolan to explore this thing safely. And that's important to do too. I wanted him to, to settle his curiosity. But I did not let him stick his finger in that little hole. <laughs> I did not let him stick anything in that little hole. I knew that he was safe. God sends his warnings to us to preserve us, to protect us, to correct us, and to guide us in the way that is good and right for us. And I know that when we're children and mom and dad tell us don't do something or they tell us to do something, we have to learn to trust mom and dad in that. And in being children, learning to trust mom and dad, we're learning how to trust God also. And mom and dad, you have the job of teaching your children how to learn about and to trust God. Grandparents, you have the job of helping your grandchildren learn and trust God. If you have not learned to trust God as an adult, it's time to get started. <laughs> and listen to, the, listen to the messengers that God sends to us. I want to go quickly. I know we're running out of time. But I have, you see over here in the side of the stage, I've got some puppets. And uh, I'd like, I need some help. 
uh, and if you want to help me, you don't have to say anything with the puppets, but if you want to uh, hold one of the puppets for me, I need somebody to be an angel. Uh, it can be a young one. Can be come on. You guys want to help? Come on. There they come. Anybody over here want to help? You want? All right. You're the first one up here. You get to be the angel, Ellie. Thank you. Stick your hand right up the middle, right up the shirt, right up into the head. Things over the right, and then Angel, I want you to come stand right over here for now. Okay, there we go. Let's see. Abs, you want to be the donkey? Okay, there you go. Stick your hand right up in the donkey. Eeyaw. Can you say eeyaw? Eeyaw. I told you you didn't have to say anything. You don't. So I want you to stand right here. Caleb, since your sister, I want you to be, this is Balaam. And I'm going to tell everybody, if, if, if the camera gets close to this, come on, Ariana. You can, be, you can help me be the narrator, okay? This is Balaam. Let's see, it's got to go in here. This is Balaam. Balaam's got a long little beard just under his nose that looks like he needs to perpetually wipe his nose. So don't get scared. It's just his beard. There you go. Caleb, I want you to stand next to Ab, Abby. And uh, because Caleb's going to ride the donkey, so they have to be close together. And Josh, you're going to be King Balak. Stick your hand up in there. Thanks for coming up. All right, let's stand over here and say, King Balak, let's, I'm going to put you over here. And you're, you're going to be King Balak. We're going to stand here together, and we're going to, you're going to help me tell the story, Okay. But you don't have to say anything. But I'm glad you came up. So you're the, you're, the, you're the king's helper. You know Josh? This is Josh. Aria, right? That's your name? Did I say that properly? Good. Close enough. Okay. Good job, Josh. You're figuring out how he talks. Okay, so we, got our, we have our characters, characters here. One day, long, long ago, the people of Moab, these are the people of Moab. You're, you're, you're part of the city of Moab. Okay? Wave to the people. Okay? People of Moab. So Balak, the king of Moab, sent a note to Balaam. A note over to Balaam. Stay right there. Actually, you could be the, you could send it. So give, give her a note. <clears throat> Pretend you're giving her. So you got the message? You got a note? So you're going to walk over here to, to, to Balaam. Now, Balaam is a soothsayer. We might say that he's a magician. In some cultures, this is a hard word to hear, we might call him a witch doctor. If you're traveling around some places, you see, you see some signs that say palm reader. That's the kind of person that Balaam is. So he's kind of, he's kind of in this mysterious place. And, and he, he believes that there are gods, but he doesn't believe that there's just one God, so he's kind of going to talk to them all. And, he, and, and so that's, that's who Balaam is. And so Balak sends a note to Balaam because Balak is looking out over here and he sees the Israelite army coming and they're going to conquer the city of Moab and he doesn't want that. So he wants Balak to place a curse on the Israelite army so that they will lose the battle. So the note told Balaam 
that the king would pay him lots of money if Balaam would come and curse Israel so that they would not conquer the city of Moab. Balaam told the messenger, you've got to talk to the messenger. Balaam told the messengers, stay the night and in the morning I'll give you an answer. Now, as they slept that night, God came to Balaam and said to Balaam, let me see Balaam's face. Balaam, God's talking to you. <laughs> he opened his mouth instead of his ears. We all, lots of us have that problem too. That night God came to Balaam and told him, don't go to Balak and do not curse Israel. You got that? Got it. So Balaam woke up, said to the messenger in the morning, you go back, tell Balak that I'm not going to come. So you walk back over here and you say, shake your head, no, no. No, you, there you go. No, he's not going to come. Balaam's not going to come. And Balak gets sad. Oh, excellent, excellent. Good job. So Balaam was not happy. Balak, he says, no, 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 I'm not going to take that answer. So he sends the messenger back to Balaam and says, okay, you tell Balaam I've got even more money and I'll give him up to half of my entire kingdom if he would come and curse Israel. So come back over here and this time you've got to beg. Oh, come on. Come on, Balaam. Come on, Balaam. You got, come on. What do you do when you really want something and, and you, your mom won't give it to you? Say, please, please. Can you do that? Say it to Balaam. Please do it with me. Please, will you come? Balaam. Balaam says, he considered again that, that night, but God came to him again and said, okay, this time you can go, but you must do what I tell you to do and not anybody else. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey. Woo! Now we're on the donkey. Saddled his donkey and began to ride back to see Balak. Let's go over to Balak. And along the way, God got angry. Balak, I'm going to let you stand way over there by the piano. Now we need the angel. Why don't you come around this way? God was angry with, with Balaam because God started realizing, you know what? There's a lot of money on the table. And Balaam is a profiteer. And so God sent an angel to stand right in the way of Balaam. But Balaam could not see the angel. But the donkey could see the angel. Isn't that funny? And as soon as the donkey saw the angel, the donkey went off the road. Now, you, you fall down on the road. The donkey's going down here. The donkey goes down into a field away from the angel because the angel's got a great big sword. Put your other arm out like a sword. And so the donkey didn't want to get caught. So Balaam, finally the donkey stops. Balaam goes over. Now, be nice to your sister. Balaam started beating the donkey. Don't hurt your sister. So finally the donkey comes back up on the road. And they start walking again. Pretend you're walking. Here's turn around this way. Walk, 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 walk. And the angel gets in front of them again. And this time they're between a, a rock wall and a vineyard. And the donkey gets scared again. He doesn't know which way to go. So he squeezes between the rock and the, the rock wall and the angel. And in the process, Balaam's leg gets crushed between the donkey and the wall. And what do you think Balaam said? Ouch! Let's hear it. 
Do I need to step on your toe? Step on his foot. There you go. I knew there was a switch someplace to get the out. So, what did Balaam do? Beat his donkey again. You bad donkey. So, the angel moves away. Balaam and, and the, the, the donkey continue down the road. But God's not placed. So the angel stops him again. This time in a very narrow passageway along the road. So that there's no place for the donkey to go. And then all of a sudden the donkey sees it. And the donkey just sits down. Here, sit down. There you go. Sits down. Now Balaam is angry now. And he gets up and he starts beating the donkey again. Until the donkey has finally had enough. No more. And the donkey says... Yes, the donkey spoke. Why are you beating me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You think that's what he said? <laughs> I think that's what he said. The donkey spoke. And, and Balaam starts to have a conversation with the donkey. Okay, is that kind of silly? He's talking to the donkey. Have you ever heard a donkey? I've never heard of Well, I've heard a donkey go, yeah, yeah, but I've never known what the donkey said. But Balaam says, because you're making a fool out of me. And the donkey says, I've never done this to you before, have I? I mean, they're having a rational conversation with a donkey. I know, you can make all the jokes you want to make when you get back home about other names that we have for donkeys. But not today. <laughs> not right here. <laughs> He's having a conversation with a donkey. And he finally says, yeah, you're right. And then all of a sudden, Balaam can see, pay attention, Balaam, Balaam can see the angel. What? There's an angel in front of me. And the angel, the angel says, Balaam, remember what God told you. You may go to Balak, but remember you must do what I tell you to do. These are great stories. Thank you, guys. We're going to stop there. If you want to read the rest of the story, go to, uh, go to the book of Numbers. Thank you, Aria, for helping us. Thank you. You are a great citizen of Moab. Thank you. We're just going to set these down here. We're going to set them up there like that. Thank you, Josh. All right. God sends us angels. In both of these stories, God sent angels to protect. God sent angels to guide. God sent angels to preserve. But remember this. Don't ever forget this. The angel is not the point. The angel is God's messenger. So if you pray, God, I need an angel... Don't be satisfied with seeing some kind of divine action. Hear the message. Hear the message. Or receive the message, whatever it is. But I'll pay attention to what God is teaching you. And when we come, we're going to take communion in a few minutes. Communion is always a time to remember, just like the angel had to come to Balaam three times before his eyes were opened up. What's it going to take to get your attention? 
It doesn't have to take a two-by-four alongside your head. It doesn't have to take a donkey (laughs) scraping you against a rock wall. Pay attention to the messages that God gives to us. God gives us His Word to hear. It tells us Jesus Christ, and this is why we take communion. Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross. Why? So that we could have new, eternal, and everlasting life with Him for what we were created to have. Trust Jesus. Trust God in what you do. Let's prepare our hearts to receive this. I want to ask you to stand. If you're in the room, we're going to say together the Apostles' Creed. Somebody asked me, why do we say the Apostles' Creed at communion? Because it's a response. It's an opportunity. We've heard the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, both in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And it's time to respond to it. And these words, Christians have been saying these words for thousands of years. As, as a remember a remembrance, a rememberer, <laughs> a reminder to us. This is what we believe. This is the story that we've heard. So I invite you to say this as an affirmation, as a statement. Yes, I do believe this. And then after we say the Apostles' Creed, we'll have a moment where we can confess. Just like <laughs> Balaam eventually confessed his sin to the angel said, oh, I have gone the wrong way. I didn't see what God wanted me to see. And I'll open my eyes and I'll do what you say. Which he did. But you have to read, read about that in the book of Numbers, chapter 23. We just acted out chapter 22. But let's say these words together as an affirmation of our faith. Let's say this. I invite you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so don't say it if you don't believe it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I want to ask those who are going to help serve, if you would come and prepare, uh, cleanse your hands and and, uh, be ready to serve. Uh, Let's take a moment of, of silence. And let's uh, ask God, hey, God, are you sending me a warning for anything in my life? Do I need to confess anything? Let's take a moment and think about that. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for coming and speaking to us. You put thoughts into our minds. And I know it may not be an angel doing that, but God... We can't always see the angels around us. We may not always be aware that an angel is present. Because, Lord, we're all kind of blinded at times. But we do thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, to forgive us of our sins. 
give us the hope of everlasting life, eternal life, to give us new life that begins now. Thank you, Jesus, for all these things. And Lord, we pray this prayer that you taught us to pray as we say these words together. Our Father in heaven, you got that on the screen? Thank you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. This morning I'm gonna I invite you to come. Uh, if you want to receive <clears throat> by intinction, we, we have that. Um, uh, let's see, we're, we're, we're going to do two sides of intinction. We'll all do intinction, but we do have gluten-free. So if you want gluten-free, please come forward. Um, we also have the, 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 the standard prepackaged wafer and juice. <laughs> if you prefer to have that to, to reduce your contact with germs, you may, you may pick up one of those uh, packets. We have those packets both in with gluten and also without gluten. We also have gluten-free bread to dip in the juice. So as you come forward, let the server pray, place a piece of the bread in your hand, and then you take that bread and dip just a corner of the bread into into the juice, and then you may eat it. I invite you to come and stand at the platform area to have a quiet moment by yourself, listening to God, or if you want to kneel here, you certainly may do that and then return to your seats. But let's gather to the center aisle and then return to our seats through the side aisles. I invite you to come. We remember that Jesus took this bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. Let me through the fire in the dark. 
tonight today just one time i want us to sing the words to that chorus with no instrumentation just the voices we sing that together all my life and all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so 
goodness of God. Sing it just one more time. All my life. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, you have been so good to us. Despite the hard times in our lives, despite the difficult times, despite the times when we wanted to give up, you have been so good to us. So God, we pray that you would remind us today of your goodness as we have remembered and celebrated the gift of your son Jesus who died for us and rose again. And at this time of year, we celebrate him as a baby born in a manger. But we all know that he's the risen king. If before you leave today, you still need prayer, the altar is still open. There's still folks at the prayer stations. If you're online, there's someone who can meet with you and uh, address your prayer needs. If you have a prayer need again, maybe you've just before you leave today, you want to take your connect card and just fill it out with a prayer need or even a praise report and give God glory about something he's done in your life. You can do that and drop it in the basket on your way out. Father, we pray you would send us from this place with your love and your mercy, remembering your grace. Give us your peace today, we pray in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. Have a great week.